I'm Damian Bulwa, and this is a special episode of Fifth Admission. My guest today has not been on Fifth Admission for a while. That's because Kevin Fagan's been trying to get to the bottom of a nearly half-century-old mystery, looking into a serial killer who terrorized San Francisco in the 70s. No, not the Zodiac. This killer was known as the Doodler because his signature was to draw quick portraits of his victims who were gay men he would approach in bars and then stab them to death. Today is the debut of a serial podcast called The Doodler. You can listen to it now wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll hear an excerpt from episode one later in this show. Kevin Fagan has also written a series of stories on The Doodler for The Chronicle. You can read those and also find links to the podcast at sfchronicle.com doodler. I've heard and read a lot of it. It is not to be missed. It's like nothing we've ever done before here at The Chronicle. Kevin Fagan, I think you would agree, right? Yeah, it's been a real journey, I'll tell you. And and I have one of our old friends, Mike Taylor, who retired a few years back, but you and I did endless stories with that guy. He's a private investigator, and he loves these kinds of stories. He and I have never done anything like this. It's It's new territory. Kevin, who is the doodler? The doodler was a killer, a serial killer, at a time when serial killers were just becoming known as a thing, who would go into gay bars, uh, pick a mark, sketch sketch a, a character of him on a napkin, or actually a portrait on a napkin. Uh, he was pretty good. And he'd go up to the to the uh, the victim and say, hey, you like my sketch? And if the guy said yes, he'd say, well, let's go fool around. So off they'd go to a gay hookup spot, and then the doodler would stab him to death and leave the body there in the sand or the dirt. Uh, he did this at least five times, uh, quite possibly more. And he, he killed people, but there were also survivors, right? Yeah, there are some survivors that we get into. Uh, this all happened in 1974 and 1975. <clears throat> and we have done an enormous hunt, consuming hours and days, uh, actually weeks, uh, if you put them all together back to back, trying to find um, these three survivors who the doodler attacked after he'd killed his last known victim, uh, he got sloppy. And uh, uh, these these guys managed to generate a sketch that went out, and the sketch got age-enhanced in 2019. Um, and, uh, you know, we're still hoping for good tips to come in from the sketch, from the descriptions. What we're hoping is as this podcast series unfolds, we're going to get phone calls because uh, you can never have enough information in something like this. So, Kevin, I remember when you came to me and started talking about the doodler a few years ago. Now, you have covered the <laughs> Zodiac case, as everyone knows so much. Everyone knows about the Zodiac case. There's been movies about it. You know, everybody knows about the clues. Everybody even knows about a lot of the suspects. Why is the doodler not getting as much attention until now? I do think it's because he killed at a time when gay men were not getting the kind of attention uh, they should have gotten as victims. Killing gay guys in the early and mid-70s uh, uh, was an easier thing to get away with because society uh, was oppressive on this. No one covered it very much. I quote this criminologist in there saying that, you know, the people on the margins of society uh, get less attention and it's easier to be a a killer in that milieu. And at that time, LGBTQ people were on the margins of society. It was still laws that oppressed them. 
society oppressed them. People were coming in and beating gay people in San Francisco, killing them. There were more victims than just the doodlers. The thing that set him apart is he's a serial killer. And he had a gimmick, this thing with the sketches. Like the Zodiac, he was creepy with his letters. The Unabomber, another guy I covered, he was creepy with his, his mailing the bombs and then taunting everyone with his manifesto uh, and letters. Uh, those those kinds of things make it stick out. I think today, if a doodler emerged, uh, not that I would ever want to encourage something like that, but we would we would all pay more attention. One thing that's amazing about the story is you guys travel, and I'm talking about you and, and Mike Taylor, your reporting partner on this, often across the country and sometimes across the world to try to find family members of these people that were slain 50 years ago. Oh, it was really painstaking. I mean, we had to uh, make phone calls and hire stringers in Sweden, Germany, uh, the Netherlands, Canada, Texas, Idaho, uh, Washington State, and I'm probably leaving something out. We 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 shook the bushes everywhere, uh, and we found people for for every one of these five known victims. Which, which makes me very happy because you want to honor the people who got killed back then. They were forgotten in history, and we want them not to be forgotten. But people who survived it, and, and family members, but also people who were, were attacked, um, people that were involved, they still seem pretty shaken by the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there is still trauma. Not every relative wanted to talk to us. Uh, there's still pain. Because uh, not only were some of these victims... Uh, appearing to be in the closet. They had run away from abusive environments, uh, but they, they were murdered. It's uh, that, you know, that alone sends a ripple of, of uh, trauma through an, a family that endures. It, it's interesting to see how, how hard that endures uh, 50 years, almost 50 years later. Uh, and and the, the ones who, who were willing to talk to us uh, were terrific. Some of them didn't want to be named. Uh, when they talked to us. Some of them didn't, you know, just refused flat out. I mean, we sent people to the doors of relatives in Canada, knocking on the doors, leaving letters in their boxes. No go. It's uh, it was it was really hard, but I thought it was really important to go that extra yard to bring these people to light. All right, Kevin, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hear part of episode one. And I also want to ask you about how listeners might be able to help solve the mystery of the doodler. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa. I'm joined by Chronicle staff writer Kevin Fagan, who's been working on a project called The Doodler. That's an eight-episode podcast series that debuted today with the first two episodes. It's available wherever you listen to Fifth and Mission. It's also a series of stories. It's all at sfchronicle.com slash doodler starting today. And in a minute, we're going to play an excerpt from the podcast, which is incredible. So, Kevin, let's get into how this is a little bit different from other stories. I mean, you guys are hoping that your work, in parallel with the fact that the police in San Francisco have opened this as a cold case, could actually draw this out enough so that we might get some answers. Oh, I would really hope so. I mean, we have some pretty good ideas of what went on and, and you know, the, the, the people involved. would love to get some more, some more calls. 
the police have a have a tip line. We have a tip line. Uh, there's some really key questions that we're going to get into in the podcast that we really want to have answered, that the cops want to have answered. Call us. Give it to us. I am always interested in justice happening uh, and truth happening. Call the cops if you got to call the cops. I mean, it would be nice to to have this thing have a resolution to it. It's a, to some extent we in in journalism do a public service. We shine a light on things. We want things to be set right. Uh, whatever we can get that can help solve this mystery uh, is good. All right. Without further ado, Kevin, we're going to play an excerpt from the Doodler, the serial podcast the Chronicle has produced in partnership with Ugly Duckling Films and Neon Hum Media. Again, you can hear The Doodler on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. For all of Kevin's stories and more information, including documents, or if you want to give a tip, go to sfchronicle.com doodler. Let's hear some of episode one. This emergency call was made on the night of January 27th, 1974. Forty-six years later, I'm standing on Ocean Beach at the spot where that body was found. And we're standing here at 48th and uh, Yaloa. It would have been right across from where we are. With me is Dan Cunningham, an investigator with the SFPD. At some point, when the police got there, the tide was rising, and his body was getting hit by the, the tide. To police in the 70s, right away it was clear that this was a murder victim. The San Francisco Examiner identified him two days later, towards the back, on page 42. Here's Dan Cunningham. Gerald Cavanaugh, who was a a Canadian man, uh, 49, 50 years old. The paper said that Gerald Cavanaugh was a furniture finisher. Whoever killed him had stabbed him 17 times in the chest, the back, and the stomach. 17 times. The article didn't include much other information. In fact, it was soliciting leads. Police provided a phone number for readers to call. So there, there's people that are out there that were uh, terrified, terrified when they started bringing it back up again and talking about it. It was almost like they didn't want me to come by to talk about it because all these feelings came back up again. Cunningham was in high school when Kavanaugh was found on this beach. But today, he's the guy tasked with this cold case and the cases of four other dead men, maybe more. All of them are linked to one suspected killer. Dan and I have been in touch for about two years. We trade information, but Dan can't give me too much. Technically, the investigation is still active. I'm Kevin Fagan. I've been a reporter at the San Francisco Chronicle for 28 years. I've covered the Zodiac, William the Freeway Killer Bonin and the Unabomber. I lived on the streets of San Francisco for six months to understand the struggles of the homeless. I care about the forgotten and the marginalized people at the heart of this city. And there's one case, one unsolved case, that still angers me, confounds me. 
Between 1974 and 1975, San Francisco was victimized by one of the most prolific killers of gay men in modern history. Police still don't know who this killer was, but they do know how he did what he did. He preyed on people in queer neighborhoods across the city, in the Tenderloin, Polk Gulch, and the Castro. He went to gay bars, places with disco music blasting and men dancing. They say this killer watched them, maybe while leaned up against the bar or sitting in the corner of the room. He'd pick someone, then he would draw, sketching their portrait on a cocktail napkin. Once he showed that man their picture, they were his. The killer would tell his target that he wanted to go somewhere more private. They'd leave the crowded bar behind, and the next morning, the man he had sketched was dead. And that's how this killer earned his name, the Doodler. Most people in San Francisco at the time never even heard about the Doodler. His murders weren't headline news. They were missed by the mainstream media, relegated to the back pages of the San Francisco Chronicle. The Doodler didn't even make it into the paper by name until January of 1976 well after his last victim was identified. The question is, why? There was a lot of stuff going on. There was Zebra, there was Zodiac, there was Doodler. So there were a lot of mysterious, random murders. I feel like it was overlooked, maybe just because it had to do with the gay population. People were getting mugged, people were getting harassed, people were getting beaten. And the doodler took it to another level is that he was killing people and getting away with it because the police didn't, to be honest with you, care. It's been 46 years since the doodler lurked in San Francisco. And it might seem strange that a prolific murderer went unnoticed for so long, but police at the time didn't have all the information, tools, and context at our disposal today. And that's why, to get to the bottom of this case, I have to go back to the beginning. That's what this podcast is all about. Putting together what the cops have already found with a new investigation. Mine. I want to chase down the doodler. Talk to victims' families, friends, anyone who will get me closer to understanding what happened all those years ago. This story stretches from Concord, California to Bamberg, Germany. I've interviewed retired investigators, online sleuths, drag queens, and queer historians. I've talked to sisters and daughters, and I'm still chasing leads on one anonymous actor and a foreign diplomat involved in the case. This is by no means open and shut. Listen to this series carefully and let us know if anything you hear in this show jogs a memory of yours. We've got a police sketch on our website, thedoodlerpod.com. And if you've got a tip, you can call us at 415-570-9299. From the San Francisco Chronicle, Ugly Duckling Films, and Neon Hum Media, this is the untold story of The Doodler. All right, well, that sounds amazing, Kevin, and I hope to have you back on the show. I hope to have you back when the thing is solved, maybe in the future. Yes. your fingers. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, crossing fingers. That would be nice. I would. I. I gotta say, we're supposed to. You know, we are journalists. We're not cops, but who doesn't want a mystery solved, huh? 
Kevin, thanks a lot. Thank you, Damien. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle reporter Kevin Fagan. To listen to The Doodler, go to Apple Podcasts or your other favorite platform. For Kevin's stories and more information on the podcast, go to sfchronicle.com slash doodler. Episodes one and two are live now. New episodes will be released every Tuesday. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. <laughs>